Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. <laughs> Nandy Jacobs. This is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Andy, what do we like today? Can I just say, John's not using the full extension of the stick okay. for social distancing. You can see what's going on. Well, Don't that's fine. Uh, we, we had a chat, of course. Uh, we spoke to Camilla Kerslake, who's doing a wrestling opera. Yeah. That was good. Martin Kellner, I was a bit rude to him. I do apologise. Uh, Mike Ward with his week of, uh, weekend of sport. Not weekend, a weekend of TV. And what else? the moose outside the Spurs training grounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there all day. Uh, and we've got an extra clip for you. The producer special coming up after this. Um, Andy's getting very... Are you quite excited? It's like last day at school for you, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well... We're not here next week, week and I can off. tell... Andy's been on the old sunny D's, bouncing <laughs> off the walls. But anyway... It's our first week off since pre-lockdown. We've had the odd day, but we've... The odd day. We've had the odd day, right. but it's not... Been a, uh, yeah. It's been quite a haul. Yeah, still, it certainly it's has. Not, yeah, not we've enjoyed is it? Um, so, uh, we crack on, though. Still got three hours to do, so... Switch on, Andy, eh? Oh, I'm very, very much switched on. OK, it's six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And FIFA have ordered West Ham, I love this story, to pay another £5.2 million for Sabella. It's like buying a rubbish car which breaks down and then you've got to pay more for it. Yeah. On top. I, I think, you think you think Halligan come again? Oh, well, I oh, think he looked can. quite decent at the beginning. Can, I thought he was pretty decent. Still, yeah. it's a bit of a blow, isn't it? It's not it is a bit, yeah. you want to do. And uh, I was wondering that Spice Girls are going to be reshooting the wannabe video, but without Posh, of course. Right. So I thought I'd watch the original this morning, which I haven't seen for a long time, and you won't even be able to tell. She's not even in it. <laughs> She's hardly in it. She's absolutely at the back the whole really? time. It's really odd. That's strange, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Have a, go back and have a look at it. You'll think, oh, yeah, yeah okay, they're not going to miss her. Top of my list. But I like to look at now these I'll, things. Now I'll go back and watch it. I love the way you forensically watched it <laughs> like it was sort of like it was in the boot room or something, <laughs> watching the wannabe video. <laughs> and uh, there was a... Oh, yes, this report. We heard yesterday that Neil Warnock, of course... Uh, yeah, we uh, wish him well. We wish he's, him well. He's, he's got the virus, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's in good spirits and working on transfer deals at home. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> our reporter, N.S. Sherlock, tells us that uh, he's the oldest manager in the EFL and is in more danger than a player who contracts the virus. No, really. <laughs> who would have thought that? Brilliant, uh, isn't it? Beautifully picked up on uh, social media by the uh, journalist Adam Hurry was uh, BBC Cumbria mm. Sports 
look ahead to the Carlisle South End game. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, they looked at some of the uh, issues that players had that were facing uh, fitness tests. Among them, mm. Dean Furman, brackets, hamstring, and Aaron <laughs> Hayden, brackets, digestive system. <laughs> he's got oh, he's got a bit of a tweak to his digestive system. I think we all know what that means, don't That's we? That's a bit unpleasant, isn't it? And uh, we, we don't know if he's... We're gonna, we don't want what Glenn would be calling, and we've got Glenn on, the Gary Lineker situation uh, in that uh, Carlisle South End game. I was reading this uh, very interesting uh, research about bees this morning. Well, you've, well, you've, what a night you've had. You've watched the wannabe <laughs> video back forensically and you've read an interesting article about bees. What's happened to you, well, man? I'm, I'm bringing you back to sport, but you did say to me there's not a lot in the papers. So yeah, <laughs> clearly not. I'll have to do this top section without it. But anyway, uh, this is interesting because it's all information about bees. How There is evidence that well-trained honeybees can count to five. You wouldn't have thought of it, but this is count the Count to five? Count to five. They have been taught to play a rudimentary form of football. What, bees? I've seen this before. I've seen bees playing football. Bees playing football? Yeah, you go on YouTube, put in bees playing football, you'll see bees playing football. No. Oh, yeah. Really? There was nothing in the body of the article about it. I was thinking... Okay, well, let me just try it now. I think I can find it. Bees playing football. I'll put it in there. Okay, bees playing football. Here you go. (laughs) Return. Bees playing football. Yeah. Uh, BBC Spring Watch. Smart bees can play football. Uh, Then Daily Planet. Bees learn how to play soccer. Uh, Yes, so there we are. Just um, go and check it out. I will. You're not surprising anybody with this, Andy. It's an old... It's an old... old I knew they could play cricket, of course. Yeah. Um, good, Bumble. They're good. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. Was it all that for that? No, it wasn't all you that for that. Shoot, that was an afterthought. If you look at my notes, it's an afterthought. We have to salute uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers today for their third mm. kit. Have you seen it? No. It's a Portugal kit. Oh, no. That, well, why not have that self-awareness? You've got a, you've got a brilliant funny, side made up of great Portuguese players. Why should you not effectively have a Portugal kit as your third kit? Is that sort kit? of red and green? Is yeah, it? No, well, it's, here's a picture of it. Here's the boy, some of the boys uh, uh, in it, including Connor oh, Cody, but he won't mind. Look at that. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> but it's a really nice kit. I reckon that'll sell, that'll sell very well. Well, why not recognise well, it? Why, why not, not embrace it? It's, well, you can't yeah. pretend that you haven't got a core of great uh, Portuguese players. It was, it was good news for Spurs fans last night when uh, Premier Sports lost the game for over an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they they did you all a favour. The amount of smashed tellies, the amount of insurance companies. I I didn't watch it. I took the dog for a walk when mm. I got home and I was just refreshing um, Twitter. Uh, and uh, and then up popped from our old mate from the last word on Spurs, Plovdiv won Tottenham nil, and I thought, no, they're having us on. It's just they're winding us. All right, they went down to eight men. You're right, got through. (laughs) We can, you know, the great thing about Tottenham is that when their backs are against the wall, they can beat eight part-time footballers from Bulgaria. So uh, that's that's the key. But um, there was a lot of lot of memes doing the rounds of cars doing handbrake turns on the motorway, (laughs) Bale and Regulon seeing the score from Plovdiv. But uh, yeah, it it wasn't their finest hour. But look, they 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 managed to turn it round. They They got through. That's the most. their heads, thing, yeah. that's right. Off to Macedonia next week. Well, Thank you, Arsenal. I'm sure you're loving every watching, minute of it. I was watching All or Nothing last night. Have you noticed Ben Davis? He's got the bluest eye ever seen of a human being. Really? Never mind Paul Newman. Yeah, unbelievable. I've, I've not noticed. Yeah, the, the, I've really. Did you get lost me. in them? I did. 
Did you really? So, yes. I do love Paul Jiggins' match. I think his match reports are amongst the, the finest of our uh, journalists. And uh, he was talking about, he said, being behind closed doors did not stop home fans from coming out and supporting their team as hundreds gathered outside the stadium for a comprehensive defeat for social distancing. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Let's uh, head to the Spurs training ground. Gareth Bale has left Luton Airport. I reckon he's uh, he's just come off the 25. He's up near the Robin Hood. <laughs> Turning in Botany Honestly, Bay, this is ridiculous. heading down to the training ground, past all the Cruise Hill nurseries. There'll be all people looking at buying all their plants for the afternoon. There's Gareth Bale giving them a wave. Uh, the, the moose is there waiting to welcome him. Good afternoon, Ian. Yeah, good afternoon. Not since Spurs last won a trophy pool way back when uh, you went to the cinema and watched it on Pathé News. And I've seen so many people outside the Spurs training ground. There are absolutely uh, loads of people here today uh, ready to welcome Gareth Bale. We reckon he's going to be here in the next 10 or 15 minutes, yeah. if, if not sooner, because uh, he landed at roughly 25 past half past 12 at Luton, got straight into a, obviously on a private plane, got straight into a car, and uh, we reckon, what, 40, 45 minutes from Luton to here. So he should be here very, very soon. Just a shame for these Spurs fans. They're not going to be able to see him on TV or hear him live on Talk Sport make his debut at Southampton on Sunday because, of course, he's not going to be available to do that. But they will uh, obviously give him a massive cheer when he arrives. Yeah. And this, this is a moment I don't think many fans, including you, Paul, thought you'd see. No, absolutely not. I mean, the, the thing is now, to get the vehicle to slow down so those fans get a good sighting of him and, and we get the exclusive, are you prepared to, to kind of throw yourself in front of the vehicle uh, and make a sacrifice for talk sport? <laughs> well, we've just seen Danny Rose leave. Uh, he got a massive cheer. Um, okay. well, he, he was leaving. I think he was just leaving for today. Oh, okay, the, only other player we, the only other players we've seen so far, Davison Sanchez, yep. who uh, didn't quite speed away, but didn't exactly wait and put his window down and uh, allow people to take pictures of him. Uh, and Deli Ali was the other player who's here today. Uh, of course, first played last night in Bulgaria, so yeah. that's why the rest of the squad aren't you, here. But uh, you say played. Daniel, Levy's, Daniel Levy's been here since eight. Daniel Levy's been here since eight o'clock. The club photographer, the most important man, yeah. is here because he's obviously going to get the pictures which are going to be on the website. And uh, we're just waiting now for the black car uh, not blacked out windows. He's in the front seat, Good. Gareth Bale. Nice. And it's not blacked out windows. So we're hopefully going to get to see Gareth Bale, at least in the car. I don't think he's going to get out and come and give me a word, but if he does, I'll be straight back on to you. Good man. Well done, Ian. Let's look at his legacy he then. He's ever questions his life. <laughs> oh, come on. It's all part. It's just it's fun. It's nonsense. Anyway. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. If you love wrestling and opera, you're in luck. Yes. Because there is a new uh, wrestling opera. It's called Bread and Circuses, and its star, Camilla Kerslake, joins us now. Camilla, good afternoon. Hey, how are you? Good, good thing. They're not two worlds that generally collide, are they, wrestling and, and opera? Oh, mate, if you had told me when I started doing my operatic training that I was going to have to don a leotard and be, like, choke-slamming 200-pound sweaty men, <laughs> I would, uh, I mean, obviously, professionally, not habitually, um, I would uh, never have believed you, but it's it's absolutely hilarious. It's such a great show. Yeah. How did, how did it come about? How were you approached then? I mean, did somebody ask you specifically to do it and then kind of pitched you the idea of, of wrestling and, and opera? Well, the director is a woman called Julia Mincer, who I love and I've wanted to work with for a while. So when the call came through that they wanted me to sing the part of Shawnee, who's a.k.a. the blonde, that's her stage name, um, I sort of said yes before I read the brief. And uh, and I got this call from, from her the next day saying, oh, hey, I heard that you used to train as a gymnast. So I really want to incorporate that into the show. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, it's an opera. Surely I'll just be poncing around in, like, a ball gown and a tiara. And, and she was like, have you read the brief? I was like, no. And, uh, I mean, by that point, I had literally already signed. So It, it must be quite hard because, obviously, you know, it's, it's quite tiring doing all the things you've just been describing, throwing people around and all the physical nature of it. And then you've got to go and sing. So, I mean, kind of breathing and stuff, it takes a bit of adjusting, doesn't it? It really does, but I've always been, like, quite outdoorsy. Like, I've always loved my sport. You know, I was always the first person with my hand up to do, you know, like, sports day and everything, pretty much just because none of the other girls wanted to, if I'm honest. But um, so it was, it's like, it's been an interesting challenge. And there's definitely some stuff that is is pretty scary, especially, you know, when you're working with someone who's literally double your weight or, you know, someone who's been doing this for so long. But um, it's really fun. It's so much fun. Like you, you don't even think about like, how skilled these people are until you like step into their shoes. And and you know, it's it's just as theatrical as opera wrestling. I think. Mm. Yeah. You, you know, they all have characters, and you know, the characters all have stories. And it was one of those things when I first heard about it. I was like, is this going to work? But it works really well. 
It sounds good. So many of the operas are, are the traditional ones that are often performed. I mean, do you like it when you get a new opera, a chance to sing something different? Well, I guess the thing is, you know, like I grew up in a council house. You know, I was raised in South London. When I was younger, you know, I just thought opera was for, you know, a certain type of person, like older, posh, you know. Mm. And I think the thing about operas like this is, you know, it's like how many people do you know that love wrestling or grew up watching it? And and I just think it's a way of taking like a medium that's potentially not so accessible and making it for everyone. It's also in English, so everyone can understand it. The costumes are absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, I have to, like, sing a top B whilst doing a cartwheel into a split. Like, where else are you going to see that? <laughs> You're not going to do that in Carmen, are you? Maybe you will, I don't know. That's, uh, that's great. Uh, your other half, Chris Robshaw, the former England rugby captain, has been helping you, we understand, with uh, some of the wrestling moves. Is this right? Well, I don't know if he's been helping me or if he's just been having a really good time, like, laughing at me. We, um, we did a shoot in, uh, in David Hayes' uh, boxing gym last week for the Times. And um, he wasn't working that day, so we thought, oh, I'll come along and help out. Didn't help once. All he did, running around, putting on the big boxing gloves, you know, giving it the one-two on the bag. I was like, Chris, you going to come help? No? Fine, OK. You stay over there. You do you, babe. <laughs> and it's going to premiere the opera at the Ted Ted Opera Festival at the Cockpit Theatre in Marylebone, Central London, mm. this Sunday. But is there a plan, hopefully, when the world's a slightly different place, to maybe sort of take this on tour? Well, the the Tete Tete thing sold out so quick, so we put three extra dates on. So it's oh, also good. on, you know, the twenty first, second, and third. But that sold out as well. But um, I think the plan is to potentially get it in the West End next year because it really is the perfect mix between sort of a West End musical and an opera. And it's, it, it's laugh out loud funny. I mean, I have a song that's all about tacos. <laughs> Where else would you hear that? I say the word meat about 12 times, which is something I never thought I'd say. <laughs> that sounds good. And you can, you can soon take it to San Diego, of course. Yeah, well, you know, the Americans love all this stuff, so yeah. that would be really fun. Plus, you know, any way to avoid the British winter. Yeah, they, they, they would love it, because apparently the, the Donald Trump's appearance in, in WWE was a bit of a springboard for this opera. It was one of the original kind of ideas for it. Yeah, it was certainly the, the, the writers. It was, it was certainly the way that they, they thought about it, and it's kind of one of the linchpin the ideas for the whole show, really, about the man who comes in and, you know, like, buys it out from under the family. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll get him to do a show in New York. Who oh, knows? That would be good. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Let's head back to the moose at Tottenham's training ground. Oh, yes. There's been a development. Oh, fantastic. Ian Abrahams. Been run over. <laughs> he has. They're trying to get mm. the tire marks off his West Ham shirt. <laughs> he probably was standing there in an old vintage uh, <laughs> Billy Bonds top just to wind up the Tottenham fans. Have we got the moose? Yes, he's there. Ian. Hello, how are you? I don't know how much you caught of what I just said before. No, we didn't get oh, any nothing. of it. You carry None on. Oh, it. Right. Take so, it from the so top. All new material there. Right, <laughs> he arrived He arrived in a car that didn't have blacked out windows, which was great for the, the, the fans that could see him. He was in the passenger seat, front passenger seat, uh, with a massive smile on his face, Gareth Bale. I don't know if that was the fact that he was arriving back at Spurs or the fact that so many fans had come to see him here. They all chanted... You were born to play for Spurs. Uh, apart from Southampton and Real Madrid, they were spot on with that one. Uh, and he has now he has now gone into the training ground. Sergio Reggion was in the car behind, so I felt a bit sorry for him. Unless they were shouting to him, "You were born to play for Spurs." But it was a, a fantastic moment, really, and uh, the, the Spurs fans did enjoy it. 
two things to point out. One, he cannot play in our live game uh, on Sunday at Southampton. He cannot play in that. But secondly, and this is crucial, he does not need to quarantine. Being an elite athlete, having tested uh, many times for coronavirus over with Real Madrid as part of their testing process with their team, he and, and uh, his colleagues, Sergio Reginald, do not need to quarantine. So they would be available as soon as they're up to speed. That could even be at Leighton Orient in the EFL Cup next week. But the, the big news is that the sun is shining down on Spurs training ground. The fans beginning to just uh, go away now. But uh, Gareth Bale is back and he'll be unveiled later, you would think, actually as a Spurs player. He's got to go, actually signed the contract. I mean, if he doesn't sign the contract, I stay here and he drives out, not a Spurs player. That's an even bigger story for later. <laughs> yeah, well, look, stick around in case something goes wrong in the yeah. last part of the medical. Uh, let's, let's hope Touchwood that isn't the case. Uh, thank you, Ian. Cheers. There's uh, the Moose at the Spurs training ground. I don't know if he'll make another appearance. And that'd be nice if he plays against Leighton Orient because uh, it's a it's a, a, it's a Justin Edinburgh mm. game, a bit of a celebration it of Justin's be, life. So, mm, Judging by what we're hearing, uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to be fit for a couple of weeks yet. Yeah, we'll see. maybe a little run out in the cup. Who knows about a fired up Leighton Orient. That's probably not the way it's... No. It? The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Well, it's another reggae-tinged piece of music, but it's not Martin Kellner's music, is it? No, no not really. It's not Martin's, but, you know, he, he, he likes a bit of that. He likes a bit of the old scar. Good afternoon, yeah. Martin. <laughs> Good afternoon to you, We'll boys. play yeah, out with it. your theme. We'll play out with your theme. Yeah, no, I love it. It's yeah. nice music. I love yeah. it, Scott. Yeah. Uh, a mazel tov, Paul, on uh, Gareth Bale coming <laughs> back. <Mazzled>. Yes. <laughs> yes, mazel tov. At last, somebody's uh, earning more than Zoe Ball. So that's brilliant. <laughs> Good topical it's funny, reference it's, there. It's, it's on the nose yes. there. That's fantastic. Now, <laughs> I, I know we're going to be discussing... Jock Steen and the Palio. Now, when I looked at your notes on Twitter about what you're going to be talking about, I thought that was a show. I thought it was the role of the former Celtic and Scotland uh, colossus in the, in, the, in, horse race. in the infamous horse race in Tuscany. But it's not, is it? It's two separate things. Oh, yeah, two right. separate shows, yes. Yeah, now, yeah. I've been brushing up on my Scottish Gaelic because for the first time ever, oh. uh, I'm going to introduce a show that was on BBC Alba. BBC wow. album, oh, which yeah. you've seen. It's the Scottish Gaelic independent channel. I mean, a lot of it is just in in English, but some of it is in Gaelic uh, with subtitles, I'm delighted to say. Right. So I was able to understand it. But it was one of my uh, listeners who uh, recommended this show. Mm. Um, I think it was Stephen Simpson, I think was the name. I can't remember. But anyway, it was somebody who uh, sent me a tweet recommending the show. And it's really, really good. Um, and it's on the iPlayer. So despite the fact, you know, BBC Alba probably isn't your first uh, port of call. Yeah. Uh, when you're looking to stream stuff on the telly, um, the, the great thing about it is Jock Steen was. I mean, we know we all know how great Jock Steen was and what a fantastic manager he was, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there's, you know, we do hear from players, you know, relatively modern players who you know who played for him, uh, like Gordon Strachan, who talked about the sense of humour that Jock Steen had. He said he was a uh, Jock Steen. Every time they met up for a, an international date, um, he would uh, tease Gordon Strachan about his size about the fact that he was fairly diminutive he says we've got the cot ready in your room don't worry it's all been uh, fitted up etc etc but I enjoyed the the early stuff especially Um, he was born in 1922 in Burnbank in Lanarkshire so the 20s 30s and 40s it's one of those programs that uh, it's not particularly flashy I don't suppose the BBC Alba budgets stretch to you know the the kind of Amazon Prime thing that we've seen with 
with the, with the Spurs doco and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it, so it goes through it chronologically, right the way through from the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. And it's almost like a, a sort of history of the uh, 20th century. It's brilliant stuff. Um, he was, uh, he, he, you know, because we all know, I don't know whether you ever remember the documentary that Hugh McElvaney oh, did. Oh, fantastic, yeah. yeah. It's brilliant, yeah, isn't it? Very good. Where he discussed Ferguson, Shankly and uh, Jock Steen, because they yeah. all came from a, a similar Lanarkshire uh, mining background mm. uh, there. Uh, and they, you know, they talk about how tough that was. And clearly it's tougher than anything that we can imagine you know trying to because a lot of the time he was semi-professional playing for uh, Albion Rovers and before that I think he played for um, Morton and you know various other teams uh, in Scotland before going going to Hibs and then Celtic but um, you know combining a, a career in football with working down the mines which was so so tough they said that um, uh, one of the historians they had on the show said that he had very much a, a black and white attitude to life which I thought was good because a lot of the footage was black and white as well. So it sort of <laughs> fitted. Did they talk about his very short-lived reign at Leeds? Did they? Did that come up at all? Or it it, did up, it have yeah. a Scottish focus? Because he was there the same amount of days as Cluffy, wasn't he? Forty-four mm. days. He didn't get sacked. He he left to manage Scotland when the job came yes. up. Yeah, when the job came for Scotland. Yes, mm. so that was sort of the, the the more recent stuff. I'm glad to say. Well, when I say more recent stuff, we're talking about what the seventies. Uh, um, that was sort of uh, not given as much stress as the uh, earlier stuff, which is obviously more colourful. He went to Llanethly for a while. Right. Uh, right. I never knew that. In in 1950, they were in the Southern League, and he was 27 years old when he went down there. Um, and he couldn't find the bath. He was looking for the bath because right. he knew people in the house were having a bath, and he couldn't find it. But it was a table bath, apparently. Uh, and what it was, it had a drop-down uh, leaf on the table. You dropped it down. Underneath was the bath, wow. and they covered it in that sort of very uh, old-fashioned style. They covered it with a tablecloth, right. and he didn't know where the bath was. Um, but he was, the, you know, it's a big career that he had. Oh it really yeah, was. oh yeah, he's a legend. Um, and you know. As they say, let's not forget the 60s, hmm. um, we took Scottish football very seriously. Yeah, it of course. That is true, yeah. yeah. It was the most successful decade in, in Scottish football. So is this um, an hour, Martin, this documentary? It's or? an hour long. Yeah. And, and review uh, it. <laughs> yes. What do you mean, hot? A bit harsh. It's a bit harsh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I was I enjoying it. No, I no, did watch other stuff is. as well. Let's, let's move on. Another one's gone home. <laughs> little shafts of wit there. <laughs> let's move on to... Uh, the Palio. Now, yeah. this um, I hold you partly responsible for me watching this, uh, Paul. Oh, yeah. Because you remember you said um, the Storyville series on BBC Four mm. had uh, When We Were Kings, yeah. a great, great Muhammad Ali documentary. Yeah. So I went on to Storyville and it said um, Series Link. So I thought, oh, good, I'll put it on Series Link. And I'm getting all sorts of great um, mm. BBC Four documentaries, which are the length of feature films. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, and the one about the Palio, I wasn't... You two are obviously familiar with that. Yes, the we Palio. are. We once yeah, did yeah. a report yeah. from the Palio. Yeah, we had a guy oh, who used to work really? here called Danny Rose, not that one, uh, but no. he, he'd he been a few times, and he, he 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 went to it and reported from it, and it came back with these incredible pictures. I mean, it's a mm. very kind of vibrant, kind of colourful event, isn't it? It's amazing. Oh, unbelievable. Well, it's more than mm. vibrant and colourful. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about the use of the whip in horse racing, mm. and it's, uh, it's sort of carefully policed over here, and if people break the rules... Rules, you know, there's a, usually a bit of a hue and cry about it. There, they not only whip their horse, they whip the other people's horses. Blimey. And they, they whip oh, each yes. other. 
the jockey's whippy. I mean, it is a very, it's only 90 seconds long, yeah. uh, but we heard from a guy called Silvano Vigni, mm. um, who rode 28 palios, won five times. His nickname is Bastiano. Oh, yes. now, I have no idea what Bastiano <laughs> not, not means. Jackie. Well, no, <laughs> it's Bastiano. Anyway, but it, it's well worth watching. It's a story that's an hour and a half rot long. I could give you another hour and a half on it to tell you all about <laughs> it, 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 but yeah, I won't. Put you off. You uh, see what just, you've done now, Andy, with your yeah. nasty comments. I'm sorry. <laughs> see, <laughs> Martin's lost I all his mind. confidence now. <laughs> he hasn't. Let me just salute uh, Ian Wright, who was on uh, Gary Neville's Soccer Box. It's probably been on for years. Yeah. It's an old one, uh, which I always like. Hmm. Um, you know, if ever I catch that, I always enjoy it. And uh, with Ian Wright, uh, it was it was excellent. And I have to salute his knowledge of movies and the way he uses, you know, he weaves he weaves uh, references into his uh, story. He was talking about when he uh, got uh, let go, if you like, by yeah. Arsène Wenger, who invited him to a meeting in uh, Paris. He went to Paris to be to be sacked there, and he said it was a bit like uh, Joe Pesci in uh, Goodfellas. You know, he thinks he's going to get made, and then he gets whacked. And he said it was exactly like it was exactly like that for me. Wow. Uh, so you know, you've got to salute that. Um, of course, I watched Des, which was brilliant, yeah. and uh, didn't feature Des Lynham at all. No, you, 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 you came at it from <laughs> a sports you point of view. It. Came at it from a sports yes. point of view. Martin, we're sadly out of time. That's a shame because uh, I've got hours more to <laughs> yeah. do. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. So uh, we head back then to Tottenham's <laughs> training ground. Now, that was a mistake being there all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. He was there. He was there when it mattered, wasn't he? he yes, saw, that's true. He saw Gareth come through the gates. Uh, uh, Ian, has he come back out again yet? Is he still in there? No, he hasn't come back out yet, oh. again yet, and we haven't seen the picture of him with the shirt. Just to reiterate the timeline, Daniel Levy arrives at 8 o'clock this morning. Gareth Bale, touchdown at Luton at 12.25, just after lunch, and, and then arrives here at the training ground. It was a, a car journey of, of about an hour, just over, as he came sweeping around the corner in front of, what I would say, about 50 or 60 Spurs fans. There's still quite a few here, by the way. It's still about... 30 or 40 Spurs fans waiting to get their glimpse of him. There was some real excitement, real excitement about half an hour ago. A car came out. Everybody ran after the car and got their, their camera phones in, almost inside the car. Uh, but it was only Pierre um, Emil Hoiberg, I should say, if I can get his name right. Uh, there are other, one of their other summer signings. It wasn't Gareth Bale. And just let me reiterate two things. Firstly, he cannot make his debut in Talk Sports Live game on Sunday at Southampton. He hasn't signed in time for that. But he doesn't need to quarantine for two weeks. He's an elite athlete. He's come from one elite sporting environment to another and, has, of course, has taken a test and uh, it's been negative in the last five days. So he doesn't need to isolate or quarantine. Personally, I don't think we'll see him again today. I think he'll probably stay in the Spurs hotel, the lodge they have here on the grounds at Tottenham's training ground. But if he does come out again, I will be here to greet him and hopefully he'll say a few words to me. Thank you very much, uh, Ian. Hoiberg. It's a bit unfortunate for him, isn't it? All these people running off and then they see him and go, oh, no, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, not you. <laughs> well, I've, I, when, in the days when we were doing the TV burp, we, we, we had a bit of success with that and we'd go along to these uh, award ceremonies. You've probably mm. been to a few mm. on fantasy football. And all the photographers there, they want the stars. So you oh, go yeah. off to, like, the BAFTAs or the, yeah, yeah. the comedy awards and then you walk up the... You see, they're all shouting out people's names. You walk up the carpet and you hear the clang of cameras against barriers <laughs> <laughs> where they immediately put them down and they give you a look that says you're dead to me even though I don't know who you are so I'm sure Pierre-Emile Pierre Hoiberg is feeling like that at the moment really, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast 
from TalkSport. Now, it's mm. wall-to-wall sport, loads of live football, golf, everything going on this weekend. But, you know, now and again, there are people out there, although they're TalkSport listeners, like a bit of a break from the sport. Oh, they can't may, it all. They may Sky Plus it, who knows? Um, but let's look at the non-sporting tally this weekend, although we're going to start off with something very sporting. Uh, it is Mike Ward, Brighton supporting TV uh, critic for The Star. Hi, Mike. Hi, guys. Uh, mm. We're going to kick off with a question of sport. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's that build-up. Controversial. <laughs> Very much been in the news this week, but for now, uh, Sue, Phil, and Matt are are still in charge. Yeah, they are at the moment. Yeah, and um, Stuart Pearce is on tonight. That's always good value for money, isn't it? Oh yeah. Um, Kerry Ann Payne and others. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a controversial thing, this isn't it? I mean, some people say it needs re- refreshing, and it has been going on a while in its current form, but obviously. You know, people are sensitive because everyone loves Sue, and you know, is it, you know, there's the arguments about yeah. ages. Yeah, and I think sorts. she's the unlucky one here. I think you know the captains have had a very good run, and yeah. this is a tradition. And they always used to change. The yeah, captains. they used yeah. to change the captains right. a lot. But I think you know she's she's been a sort of pioneer. I do feel a bit for her. She's it, brilliant. The interesting thing is, my often with a show like this, there it, there is a kind of coziness to it, and yeah. a, and um, a sort of familiarity to it, and it's quite rare that you've got a show like this. Uh, that they decide to revamp, that either sort of keep it as it was or, or, or kill it off. They tend not to revamp a show that no. is kind of set in its way. So it's it's quite an interesting thing Don't to do the from the big ideas. I, I, the Beam's point of view. Show. I, I, do you know what? I, I didn't make that comparison, Andy. That's your problem. I, I actually reckon, the fact because it didn't, it, was it something like its 50th anniversary um, mm. not, not so long ago? I reckon what it's done is it's basically gone under the radar for so long. Like a lot of shows on telly that. Nobody even talks about them very much. It's just there and it's comforting and you switch so it on. The controller didn't even know it was on. He yes, just turned on the telly one night what, to watch somebody, EastEnders and he... Uh, thought, is that still on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I reckon happened. So, yeah, I, I, you know, it raised its profile perhaps yeah. a bit too much for its own good. Who keep knows? your head down. That's yeah. the, that seems to be the key, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep your head down, mate. <laughs> very much so. Don't, yeah. don't rock the boat some. <laughs> so, um, five guys a week yes. on Channel 4. I mean, your mind goes Indeed. crazy here, but it's not... It's What, what, is, it, what is it all about? Well, actually, it's one of those titles that you know if you say five guys a week and you say it's on channel four and it's 10 o'clock on a friday night you'd probably guess yeah actually okay. without really going too much further it's it's another dating show but the format of this one which is just starting second series um a uh, single woman wants to find a guy um so what she does is she has five of them move in with her and then each uh, uh, throughout the week basically she whittles them down until she's left with the least annoying one so she has uh, like a sort of in so she can see what they like to live with and, and yeah then, and absolutely then. it's just a, a trial run um <laughs> and, <laughs> you know i think it's the basis of a sound relationship that will last and last i'd imagine yeah, okay absolutely. so that's a, a 10 p.m channel four is this a, is this a, a, a new concept or has it been on no, before? it's been on before this is a sec- okay. this is the second series of it it's that good we should point out BBC One 8pm uh, question uh, of sport. sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else we got for... Uh, should we go on to Saturday? Yes. Um, Strictly's back, but it's, is, is, this, is this the start of the new series? Well, it will be eventually. At the All moment, right. what they're doing is they're just digging out loads of old clips. I mean, yes, we, we know now that we're obviously getting Strictly back in this sort of slightly truncated um, format later, later on, but for, mm-hmm. the, for the meantime, we've, we're doing a sort of a compilation series. So they're taking the best of different themed weeks, so they're starting off with a movie week. Trouble is with Strictly, I, I mean, once you take away the competitive elements, why I'd never thought, why do people go and watch the Strictly tour, for example? Because once you take away the competitive element, it it kind of loses about 75% of its appeal to a lot mm. of people, I'd have thought. But maybe that's because I'm not really big on ballroom dancing. You know, I just like the competition bit. 
But right. there you go. It's going to be audience-free, of course, when it comes, oh, yeah. it's going to be a bit of a weird atmosphere. What about Britain's Got Talent? How are they fair? It's also been a bit strange, hasn't it? Very strange. I mean, I like the fact that they've managed, you know, because Ant and Dec's respective households have, <sighs> have bubbled up so that they can now go, go together on TV again, you know, and all is well with the world. We can see, you know... Ant on the left and deck on the right, um, and you know that's what that's how TV should be, and it feels comforting that they're doing that. But the actual semi-finals are now pre-recorded as opposed to live. They used to be sort of stripped across the week. Mm. Um, the judges are sitting further apart, obviously, and as you say, no audience. But they've got this massive bank of monitors behind, you know, hundreds and hundreds of faces. And when these were pre-recorded, a select bunch of viewers were allowed streaming access to it so they were watching it as it was happening and you're getting this kind of applause which I'm, I'm i don't think it's the noise they're making in their individual homes all sort of brought together in one sort of noise one sort of big din i think it's canned laughter but it also there was a guy doing a a, a turn last week a, a vicar a stand-up comic vicar right it wasn't very good which didn't help but also it was very very odd in the sense that his audience really was just Four judges, three of uh, three of whom were sort of laughing, and, and Alicia Dixon sat there stony faced throughout. As in fact did I, to be fair. Um, <laughs> yes. And um, and Anton Deck sort of putting faces at the side of the stage. Very weird. Anyway, but uh, it's sort of intriguing, and I guess they're doing it the best they can. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show, and as promised, uh, the producer kindly listened to a bit of Fisherman's Blues, and he spotted something that he thought would make you laugh, but maybe not make you laugh enough to be in the actual clips of the week. So, little bonus. <laughs> clip for you so take it away John Cadigan I could get used to this oh see oh, look at that oh you know the stick he's looking very comfortable now yeah. with the stick so what's the clip it's Nigel's guest Will Barnard from Thames Water talking about a competition you know the mixed bags of roach chublet dace uh, and bream um, along with your your special interest fish there's always one every year and this year someone had a mullet over at Barnes you sure it wasn't Jerry Francis hello <laughs> Not so bad, not so bad, yeah. But of course, a mullet is a fish, so uh, you hadn't really thought that through. But anyway, no, it's very good, it is a good clip, that job. Uh, that's it, we're not here next week. Uh, Max and Charlie take over. Uh, we'll see you Monday week. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.